things of God in ministry and our lives and how we line up. But before we move forward, let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we come right now thanking you and praising you for this very moment in space and time. Lord, we know that without you, we can do nothing. But with you, God, we can accomplish all things. Holy Spirit, thou art welcome to have your way in this place today. Holy Spirit, have your way as only you can. Lord God, we open our hearts and our ears to hear from you. Lord, for instruction, for encouragement, to be lifted up so that we can grow up in you. Lord, we thank you and we praise you now. In Jesus' name, amen. It is, it's been a, a week. <laughs> it's been a week. But um, I'm thankful. I'm thankful to be in the house of the Lord one more time. I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity. Some people didn't make it. Some people are laying up in the hospital, wish they could be here and can't be here. People are just going through so much. And it's just good to be one in the number. But more than that, it's good to know that God allowed all things to work together for our good. And so when we know that, he got us. So we can move forward trusting and believing him for all things. So as, as we, I was talking about us celebrating our pastor's 20th um, year of ministry. And the past few weeks, we've heard many testimonies of how different people met pastors, our pastors, and how it came about that they ended up here. But my testimony is that me and my family was going through some rough patches, some major rough patches. And we were leaving the ministry where we were, and Benny was going one place, and I was going somewhere else because I didn't want to go to that place, and I didn't want to go to that place. So we were going our separate ways. But we heard about a marriage conference at the Temple of Glory. And that night, we just said, okay, we going, we going. We ended up there, and Pastor Leslie and Pastor Paul were there, and they were speaking. And when I was, we were sitting there listening to them, and their testimony was exactly where we were at that very moment. And I was saying, I have never heard anybody in the church be so transparent. I, I've never, I've been in church a long time, but I have never heard anybody put their business out there to bless other people because people are so secretive. They don't want you to know they're going through nothing. People come and they smile and People come in burdened, and they don't say anything. But that night, as they spoke, and the whole time they were speaking, me and Benny was going, hitting, he was hitting me, and I was hitting him. And I was just like, I, I can't believe this. But afterwards, we walked over to them. It was like immediately I went to Pastor Leslie, and I was like, I'm so glad to meet you. And we talked for a minute, and immediately... I was saying, are we going there? 
we go in there. <laughs> and being here has been such a blessing. I have grown up so much since I've been in this ministry. And I don't want to cry. It's too early to cry. But I want to just thank God for allowing us to go to that, to that service that night. I'm so grateful because if we didn't go, we would have missed it all together. But I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for being in a place like this. For a time like this, I'm grateful to be here. And so we're going to start this morning in the book of Esther. And, and those of, some of you may have been here when, when I spoke on Esther before. But this morning, we're going to look at Esther in a different way. Still looking at her, but we're going to, our focal point is going to be on what she needed to do for her people. Esther, and if you remember, Esther chapter, the book of Esther, the book of Esther is a, a wonderful book to study. It really is. And God is not mentioned in the book of Esther, but he is all over the place. <laughs> and so our scripture, our first scripture this morning is coming from Esther, the fourth chapter, verse 14. And just to give you background on the other parts of Esther, um, basically, there was an evil man by the name of Haman that wanted to kill all the Jewish people. He wanted to destroy them. He wanted to destroy every last Jew that was in that, in that area during that time. And Mordecai, who was Esther's uncle, Mordecai, spoke a word to Esther. She, Esther was queen. She was chosen queen. And she had to go through a lot of beauty treatments and all types of stuff to, to, to get to that spot. But she was chosen. And when she was chosen, with all the stuff that was going on in that, in that country at the time, her uncle Mordecai told her, the words in our text this morning. So, Esther 4, verse 14. Are you ready? For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. Yet, who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. So let me, let me, I should have did 13 too. And Mordecai told them to answer Esther, do not think in your heart that you will escape in the king's palace any more than all the other Jews. For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place but you and your father's house will perish. Yet, who knows 
whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. So when we think for such a time as this, for such a time for Esther was that all the Jews were going to be destroyed. When we put it in our today, for such a time as this, we could think of a lot of things that's going on in our city, in our nation, in our world, in our lives, in our schools. We can relate it back to so many different areas. So for such a time as this, you could give it your own definition, your personal definition. When you think about the things that's going on in your personal life for such a time as this, with the jobs, family, addiction, heartbreak, heartache, curses, just trouble. For such a time as this. So today, I just wanted to talk about how our pastors, our elders, our ministers, our church is what's created for such a time as this. If you think about just life. Think about the things you went through before you came to real life, before you started hearing the word at real life. Think about how you dealt with it then. Compare it to how you handle it now. Now, I'm not saying none of us are super in any way, but what I am saying is that we have grown so much. We have grown up. We have been able to stand when most people would crumble. We have been healed in so many different ways. You know, when I was growing up, when you said healing, I thought somebody was sick. I never thought about spiritually sick or mentally sick. Never considered all of that. I just considered it was sick in your body. But now that I've grown up in Christ, I learned that there are a lot of different illnesses, a lot of different sicknesses that are in us, on us, broken hearts. All of that is a sickness. It's an illness that we need deliverance, that we need healing, that we need God to take care of for us. Because we can't do those things in our own, on our own. In our own strength, we can't do it. We could go to the doctor, but even the doctor, the doctor allows the doctor to do what he do or she does, you know? So it's, it's not about how, how perfect we are, how perfect we handle what we handle. But my point is that when we come to the house of God, we should be able to leave different than the way we came. If we open ourselves up to receive what's being given to us, we will never, ever be the same. And the thing about the word is, the word it is, is food, but it's like 
it changes, changes you from the inside out. So the more you come, the more you eat, the more you get fed, the more you grow. And it's a bit by bit by bit. We're not perfect Christians. We're perfect by no means. We're none of us are perfect. None of us. Because the word says we all fall short. We all sin and fall short. We don't intentionally sin, but we do sin and fall short. Even if it's just a thought, a feeling, we sin and we fall short. But we have the grace of God. And see, because he already paid that price for us, he already knew what we would do. And so we have his grace and his mercy that just continue to carry us through. So for such a time as this, as I thought about the people that come into the house of God every week, Bible study, Sunday service, people come in carrying all types of burdens, all types of problems, all types of things that they feel they can't handle. And when they come into the house, they are coming not to see who got on what, not to see who dressed best or best hair. It's not about none of that. What it is about is getting what we need from the Lord. We come in to worship together. We are strengthened together. We grow together. So when we come into the house, somebody might be struggling with something that is devastating and we can't we can't stand in your presence and play pretending <laughs> I mean we could shout we could have a good time but we can't play it's serious business God's business is serious business the lives of people that's serious business and being here in real life we have beautiful pastors that love us for real when, when I go to the doctor, I tell my doctor, I like her. I love her because she act like she loved me. And I tell her, if you're faking it, keep on faking it, and I'm going to keep on coming. But she makes me feel good when I go to the doctor. And so <laughs> I could tell Pastor, I'm the same thing. I done been here a long time now. But if they were faking it, I don't think they could fake it that long, y'all. <laughs> But if they were faking the love that they have for us, I don't think they could handle hang out that long. But they have been like true spiritual parents. And I could truly say parents because I could I could look to them and I could talk to them. And what I love most, what I love most is that even when I'm wrong, they I know I'm wrong. And yes, she gonna, they gonna confirm I'm wrong, but they do it in such a way where I can easily receive it. I don't have to worry about them telling it all over the city. Cause you know, sometimes when we know stuff about people, we tell it everywhere just to get the word out. But as people of God, we are not supposed to entertain that because we are, we are sisters and brothers in Christ. 
So if I'm having a moment and I and I need to scream or whatever, I know who I could call. I know who I could go to. I know who I can be myself and just tell it like I'm feeling it. And I don't feel myself being judged. I've been in places where I was feeling like Losana said some kind of way, and I said it, and I heard it again. But here, I love the fact that if I talk to any one of my sisters, it don't matter. I'm safe. The information I said is safe. When we have our women's group and we get together and we talk, we can say what we need to say, be ministered, be healed, delivered, and then we come on and go on about our business. This is the place where healing takes place. And so as we celebrate our pastors this I just want to highlight a few scriptures that's going to shine another light in the same light, a good light, but also let you understand, help you to understand what our pastors go through as our pastors. You know, sometimes we look at the, the man and the woman of God and we think they're superheroes. They don't suffer through nothing. They don't go through anything. But that is not true. You know, even in our, in our, um, when we were growing up, and I'm telling my age, but Superman and um, Spider-Man and um, what was the other one? Batman, yes. See, those were the heroes. Those were the superheroes. But each one of those heroes had a weakness. And every weakness that the heroes had, it seemed like at the last minute something happened and then they were like the kryptonite was taken away or whatever it was. I don't remember all of it. <laughs> but but when, the, when the, the things that caused their weakness, when it was taken away, then they were strong again. And so our pastors, as they minister to us and, and teach us, they, they have to put what they go through on the back burner for us. They don't focus on themselves. They focus on us and what God wants them to do for us. And then sometimes we don't even see what they're going through. Let's look at Acts 20 and 28. Acts, the 20th chapter, verse 20. I'm sorry, verse 28, the 20th chapter of Acts. Verse 28. Are you ready? Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God which he purchased with his own blood. And then, for I know this, that after my departure, salvage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. So our pastors, 
we are the sheep and they're the, they're the shepherds. So the shepherd watches over the flock. We're that flock. They are responsible for us, for our soul. The whole, when in this particular verse of Acts, Paul was on his way to Jerusalem. And the Holy Spirit had already revealed to Paul that he will face prison and severe suffering in Jerusalem. So at this point, he's not sure if he will ever be able to come back to this church again. But he gives the elders the message that unless they are living in a relationship with God, you cannot be a spiritual leader. The job of the shepherd is to watch over the flock, the people that God has assigned to them to watch over. Our pastors have that same responsibility for the flock here at Real Life. When we think of the pastors, we think, okay, they, they preach the word, they study, um, prepare, you know, prepare sermons, they conduct worship, they interpret the scriptures for us, uh, they're always praying for us, they're encouraging us, they're correcting us, they're there when you have death in your family, they're there when you're sick, they're there when your family going through what you're going through, they're there for us. But think about the people outside of the ministry that depend on them just as much as we do. So whoever comes in their presence or whoever attaches themselves to them and, and they submit to them because, I mean, we can, you can be a part of another church and submit to our man of God or our woman of God. But if you are able to submit to them and that's who you trust, then they're there for you too. So, you know, my grandma, they used to say a little something like, um, you worry about, your, you know, some people just worry about their own house. They're not concerned about other people outside of their house. But in this house, we're concerned about this house, our houses in our community. Anybody who need help, we're concerned about them. When you realize how much people are hurting, our ministry is the perfect ministry to do ministry. <laughs> so, thinking about, okay, now pastor, they do funerals. Um, when babies are born, they're calling, they're texting us, checking on us. Um, their list can go on and on and on. But it, that's a part of the life of ministry. They have been called into it. They've been ordained to do it. And God is trusting them to do it. God's word is, is not to be watered down. Here in real life, we get the real word. We get, we get it full strength, no water down. It's just straight word. And if when you get the word, it's an ouch or ooh of whatever, but you respond some kind of way. <laughs> and if you don't, then you might need to check yourself. But the word, it will correct us. It will correct us. 
And that's how pastors, that's what their job is. They teach us that in hard times to stand firm on the word of God. Now, as we watch them go through, as we watch the elders and ministers and each covenant partner go through what they go through, our pastors are our leaders, so they teach us how to, for us to go through. They're an example for us to follow as we go through. Our go-through may be different, but a go-through, our go-through is a go-through. So my problems at this time may not be your problem right now, but my problem, like for example, my family, we just lost an uncle. So in my family, that's, that's our go-through right now. But we know that those who die believing in Christ, we know that to live, if we live in Christ, we die in Christ. So if we die in him, we get up with him. But to leave this world, let's say to come in real life and get the word every week and then leave and live like the devil and to die in that mess. That would be a horrible thing. That would be devastating because when, when our pastors, all of us have to give an account for the life that we have lived, but when our pastors have to stand at the, at the uh, judgment and, and tell how we see what they gave us. So I want them to be able to say, we taught real life how to live a godly life, and they did it. They did it. But the sad thing would be for them to stand there, and they have to, in grief, say, we tried to get it. But they wouldn't accept it. Can you imagine how heartbreaking that would be? To live this life, and then to, to die and you hadn't accomplished a thing for God. It's sad when you think about it like that. So as, as we get the word, then we take that word, we live that word, we tell others about that word, because as we live the word, people who don't come to church will be able to see the word on us and in us, and then maybe that'll draw them to live the word for themselves, to accept Christ and live the word. But if we're running in here on Sunday morning and then living like the devil when we walk out, that's not an encouragement to anybody. That's a, that's a defeat. That's like a defeat. The enemy wins if we walk out and stay the same. If we handle our business like the world. Nobody grows from that. The world already do what they want to do. They already say what they want to say. They already hate. They already don't care for others. They already doing what they can do. They already dealing with all that. So to watch people, for our neighbors and stuff, to see us coming in church, coming to church, getting dressed with our Bibles and our hands, coming to church, and then get home Sunday evening and we living like the devil. That's not good. That's not good.
when we look at our pastors, we see the fruit. We see the fruit in our pastors. Yes. As you grow in the word and begin to recognize and discern things, when you look at ministry on television, sometimes I could, I could be doing something. I could be ironing or something, and I'm listening. And if I hear something that's not right, I, I grab the remote. No, that's the devil. And I turn it because I know. I know the truth of the word. So when you grow, when you get this word and you grow with it and you learn, you, the Holy Spirit give you that discernment. When you hear something that's not right, you know it. When you have a conversation with somebody and it's, and it's not the right conversation, you know it. The Holy Spirit come and convict right at that second. Or I have had to stop people in their tracks. And say, hey, well, wait a minute. You come and talking to me about this, but I don't live like that. So if you want to talk about something that I can help you with, we could talk. But if you're going to dog somebody out, I, I don't live like that. So don't come talking to me like that. So we set up that standard. We set that, that bar so that that person might look and say, I'm going to go talk to Miss Hunt. No, I ain't going to talk to her about this. Because that's what they do. Certain things they'll come and talk to me about. But then once I done told them, no, I don't, I don't live like that, so don't come talking to me about that, then they'll take it somewhere else. And then somebody else will say, you know, so-and-so said this. And, and, and I said, no, I told her I don't talk. But you have to, set, you have to train yourself, teach yourself. And as you develop in the word, the word will lead and guide you. So when you hear it starting, when you, when you hear the signs of something starting to not be right, you know what to do. And I'm not saying we get it right every time because sometimes I fail. Sometimes I react so quick to I didn't even think about reacting. I just reacted. And I didn't, I didn't handle it well. And I mean, beat myself up. I beat myself up because, God, I failed you. Oh, God, I'm sorry. But he heard me the first time when I said I'm sorry. He know that, I, he know that it wasn't intentional. But for me to keep making the same mistake over and over and over again, not learning anything, and I'm, that means that I mean what I, I mean to do what I'm doing. Ain't no mix up about keep doing the same thing over and over. <laughs> but we learn how to handle life and trouble through our uh, ministry here at Real Life. It is so important to know that none of us can be your superhero. None of us. None of us. If we need a superhero, Jesus Christ is the, he the most, look, the most superhero. <laughs> and I know that's not correct, but Jesus Christ is our superhero. He, there's no kryptonite or anything that can bring him down. <laughs> yes, the enemy tried, but we are victorious 
in Christ Jesus. So no matter who we look to, some, you know, some, some of we, we have people that, that we look up to and we think their life is perfect and, and they don't go through anything. But all of us, none of us are exempt from trouble. And if you are a true child of God, remember, we will suffer. We will suffer. But the, the comfort is that we have Jesus. And he is more than enough. You know, our, our husbands might let us down. Our wives might let us down. Our children might disappoint us from time to time. But God never, ever fails us. Never, ever fails us. And, you know, when, when I first got married, I thought, I thought life was like a happy, happily ever after. I'm married now, you know. But, oh, my goodness. It's, there are different challenges. <laughs> there are different challenges in marriage. It's like different from any title you hold, whether you mama, daddy, auntie, uncle, cousin, whatever. There's a different, <laughs> yes, a preacher, yes. Everything, you're, you're, it's different. But when it comes to, when it comes to being a child of God, we, we want to make sure that our lives line up with the word of God so that we can be valuable to the kingdom of God. We're of no value if we're not trying to live the life for real. <laughs> and not only are we valuable when we live the life, but to the ministry, we're valuable to the ministry. Because as the ministry, as we feed hungry and as we um, clothe people who need clothes, as we like we bought uniforms for school to start school. We've done so much in the community. But as we've done all of that, it took all of us to work together to get it done. And God gives the vision to our pastors, and our pastors give it to the elders, and, and then it comes down to the covenant partners. And then as a group, it takes all of us. There's no... Little eyes or big eyes or none of that. All of us are equal in the kingdom of God. We are all God's children. And I love the fact that they don't make you feel as if you're beneath them. They don't make you feel like that. <laughs> but for our spiritual leaders... Life happens to them just like it does for us. But the, the difference is, is that they have put their faith and their hope and trust in God, and they know that God is going to take care of them. And as people of God, at times, sometimes it's hard to pray for yourself. I, I don't know. I, I can't speak for nobody else. I could just speak for myself. 
sometimes I, I get to the point where I can't pray for myself. I don't, it's like, God, I, I don't know. I don't know. This is so hard. I, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. But our pastors, they are always praying for us. Mother is always praying for us. And when you have people praying for you, when you're at your weakest, it's like a, like a birth, breath of fresh air, almost like a push that says, you could do this. I could do it. But without God, we can't do it. We can't. But, and I want to, I'm just talking about our pastors because I know about them. <laughs> I could speak on them. I could speak about the impact they've had on my life since I've been here. And what I got for my family, what we've received, I would love for everybody to have that same, that same, get the same, if not more. <laughs> so we was talking about the fruit of the spirit. Fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This is what we see in people that's living for God. If you don't see that fruit, then you can kind of ask yourself the question, is it real? Are they for real? But if you have the fruit, you're going to live, you're going to Carry that fruit. And I'm not saying everybody, like, we won't, everybody won't operate in it right away the same. But if you have it, we know. That's just like habits. Habits are hard to break. When you think about people on drugs and alcohol addiction, those things are hard to break. But God has the power to immediately deliver you from it or he allow you to go through the process. But no matter which way you go, God has a purpose in it. And so even in our, even in our struggles, he can, he can deliver, he can heal, he can set free at any given second. But sometimes he want us, it's something he want us to get from everything we're going through. So we have to go through the process. So looking at our elders and ministers and deacons, people that the church look to, the world look to when, when going through. The world might not come in here but they'll go to somebody they know that's a deacon, somebody that they know go to church and talk to you and ask for prayer and ask you for instruction. But the thing about giving instruction, you got to give it from the word. You can't give it from how you feel or if I was you, you can't do it like that. We don't want to make ourselves shine but we want to make God shine 
and make the kingdom shine for God. So when our pastors, when they're correcting us and they're talking to us and they're teaching us, sometimes people get mad because what the, what the preacher said in the pulpit. They get mad, they leave the church and all that foolishness. But if you are in a place where you have trustworthy men and women of God, that's not out to manipulate you, that's not out to hurt you, that have your best interests at heart, you can receive from them and, and grow up and walk away with a glad heart. But the world has, has bamboozled us, so to speak. The world has tricked us and not want us to say what's wrong or say what's right. But in the house of God, this is the place where you should be able to receive correction. You should be able to receive it from here because we know that our pastor's heart, their heart, they have a heart God. And they love what God loves. <laughs> God want all us saved and he want all us living for him because if, if what impacts me, once I get saved, then everybody who come in contact with me have the opportunity to be saved. But, and then think about it now. So each one of us, think about the people that you come in contact with every day, every day. And think about the impact that you have on those people. Some people depend on you, rely on you. They trust you. And so our pastors have taught us that. They have taught us how to operate like Christ. Our, in our ministry, we pray for each other. We are supposed to pray for each other. Amen. <laughs> and, and so our pastors, they're not the only ones praying. We all should be praying. We all should be praying. Remember, we're sisters and brothers in Christ. So we're connected some kind of way. If you hurt, I hurt. If you cry, I cry. And so with that kind of connection, family is something else. When you think about your personal families, and I can't talk about nobody's family but mine, so because I know about mine. In my family, there are there are a lot of things that that are not right. The older generation have died off, and nobody is teaching the younger generation nothing. They're not teaching them to respect their elders. They're not teaching them that that's your auntie. You don't talk to your auntie like that. Nobody is teaching them. Nobody is teaching them that it's important to have a relationship with God. They're teaching them, go to church. You know you got to go to church. But then when they go to church, they don't know nothing about what's going on. They just going because they said they, they're going. But I want, I want my grandson 
And I've said this even before I had a grandson. I said, I want my grandbabies to grow up loving God. I want them to be little, lifting their hand, praising God. Because those blessings, they flow from generation to generation. So if, if you don't teach them, they don't know. And if your children see you living one way on Sunday and another way Monday, no, they don't know. But I told my family yesterday that it is so important that you teach, each, teach these children. Teach them. Church, full, church way bigger than this. Full of, full of my family. I don't know most of them. Because nobody is teaching them. They're not teaching them to love God. They're not teaching them that it's important to have a relationship with God. So the legacy that's being left behind by the older generation, if it die with them, where will we be? The world is already in turmoil. The world is already in turmoil. There's foolishness already in the world. There's so much hate in the world already. If we're not teaching our children to love, where will we be? And, and, and little kids, little kids, saying all kind of stuff out their mouths because they're not being taught. And, and we're all held accountable. There will be a time, a space where you will have to give an account for not teaching them. I would rather teach them than for the prison system to teach them. I would rather teach them than to have somebody in the street kill them because they were misunderstood. Now, as a mama and as a grandmama, I love, oh my goodness, I love my children. I love any, anybody who called me Mama Pam or Mama or whatever. If you connected to me, I love you. And I mean that, and they know that. But I want, I want the best for you. I want the best for you. So imagine being in a ministry under our pastors, knowing that they love us just that much, that they want the best for us. When you know, it changes how you think. It changes how you feel about it. When somebody is trying to correct you and that person got an evil heart towards you or you know they don't like you or, or they just trying to be hurtful, you could tell that. You could tell. But when somebody love you for real and they trying to tell you what's right, you could receive that. You could receive it. So my nieces and nephews, they, they think I'm a little mean, but I love them, and I'm not going to let them just act all kind of ways and think that's acceptable. I'm not. And so I feel like I had to tell my little nephew one time because he was screaming and hollering because I was taking him somewhere. He didn't want to go with me because he thought I was going to beat him. So at the end, I pretty much like wrestled him and throwed him in the car, took him where I was going, 
then when we got ready to leave, he don't want to go because he's having fun. And so I was talking to him, and I said, Kobe, I said, why did you act like that when I was trying to bring you, and now you don't want to leave? He said, Auntie, I thought you was going to beat me. I said, if I would have spanked you, I would have spanked you for a reason. I'm not just going to be spanking on you to be spanking on you. He said, okay. So now if I said, let's go somewhere, he don't mind going because now he understands. But I was saying, oh, my goodness. <laughs> but that's the same way we do in life, you know. On our jobs, we take correction. And we take correction on the job in a good, with a good spirit. We don't get mad. I mean, we might, on the inside, on the inside, we might get mad. But we're not going to, like, man, we're not going to do that at work. Am I telling the truth? And I'm going to say this. If you want your job, you're not going to do that at work. But when you come to the house of God and you're being corrected through the word, it should, it should be the same response but with a glad heart. Because, once again, love is, love is in this house. But on the job, I mean, it might not be no love because the business is business. <laughs> they want... They making their money, so they want to make sure that this job is done correctly. And even talking to my agents, I've had agents take me to HR because they said the way I said something. But I'm telling them, if I have to say it, I have to say it. But in the end, they realize, oh, Miss Hines, she speak. And I say, yeah, I said, because I'm being held accountable for what you're doing. So... I have somebody I have to answer to, and so you all have to answer to me, and then I have to answer so y'all know what I'm talking about. But it's important that we understand that, and it's the same on the spiritual side. Our pastors, our leaders, they're held accountable for us. They're held accountable. They're responsible for us. And so when they stand before Jesus in the last when, when these days are over, and they said, did you teach, you know, everything that they did, did the people receive it? Did they, do, did they, what impact did you have from your people? Just to imagine to have to stand and say, well, most of them got it, but a few of them didn't. That would be a sad thing for them to have to say. But keep in mind, God already know. He already know. But imagine those who have not been taught the truth. The ones who have just played church and then have to stand before God. It's not good. Hebrews 13 and 7, and we're not going to be that much longer. We're almost done. Hebrews 13 and 7. Hebrews 13 and 7 says, Remember those who rule over you, who have spoken the word of God to you, whose faith follow, considering the outcome of their conduct. 
So we are instructed to remember our leaders, the ones who spoke the word of God to us. So what was the outcome of their teaching? Did they move forward as, as, as the flock? Did we move forward in living the word that was taught to us? Or did we turn back to the world system? Did we go back instead of moving forward in God? Our faith is to imitate Christ, the things that cling to Christ and the Christian way of life, and to allow God in every area of our lives. We each have a different type of calling on our lives, but we're all assigned by God to do different things. But we are all called to live a godly life. When our pastors and our leaders stand before us, the word they give is specific instructions for us, for us in this house from God. These instructions help us to live a life pleasing to God and not saying we won't fail at times because, once again, we all sin and fall short. But we don't live our lives set to sin. We don't go out intentionally deciding to sin. But thank God he understands that we all have flaws. We're human. We're all subject to error. But the difference is that when we love God with all our heart, with all our mind, and all our soul, we can't just do and say anything because we want to please God. We want the report to be the people you gave us were obedient to your word. They lived it. They showed love. My prayer is that, the, that our pastors and our leaders, they will be able to joyfully stand before God with that response. For such a time as this, it is... In these times that we find out who God really is, <laughs> when, when things are going so well, you don't really think about needing God as much. But when your backup is back is against the wall, when life gets hard, when just life starts hurting, then you, you need something. A lot of people are searching for something. They don't really understand what they're searching for. So they search for it in the alcohol and they search for it in the drugs and they search for it in the next relationship. They search for it in just doing any and every old kind of thing. But nothing is in that. But everything we need is in Christ. If you have Jesus, you can make it through anything. Even the things that uh, make you Buckle to your knees. You can make it through anything. It is so important that you connect yourself. Move. During this month, we're showing appreciation, but we should be able to show appreciation every day to our pastors. Just letting them know that I love you for what you do for me. 
for what you, how you cover my family. I love you for that. For being there, even when they're not physically there, they're there. But you have to be able to open up. You have to be able to say what you need to say. What's going on? For a long time, I didn't know that you could be transparent. That's, a, that's what it is now. But back then, you were here. Oh, you don't tell your business. Keep your business to yourself. But people grow. People, if, if I'm going through something and nobody else going, nobody else admitting they're going through, and I can't talk to nobody, so nobody can't relate to what I'm going through, how do I know that Christ is the answer? How do I know I can make it through it if nobody talks about it? You, don't, you wouldn't know. So when I go back to that night when I met Pastor, Pastor Leslie and Pastor Paul, and they were talking about some things, and I'm saying stuff like that, man, you don't tell people that because, you know, it'll come back on you. <laughs> but them talking about what they went through, help start my healing. <laughs> if I didn't hear that, I would have never thought I could make it through what I was going through. And even where I am now, I'm in a difficult place right now, but God has me. Sometimes I feel like I could just give up, like today should be the last day. But God has me. And I, I believe that. I trust that. But had it been 20 years ago and I was going through what I'm going through, I'd have just been acting like the old unsaved Pam crazy. But I thank God for, for growing me up, for changing me, for renewing me. In his word, through his word. And what I want, what I have for myself, I want it for my children. I want it for my grandchildren. I want it for my aunts and my uncles and my cousins. I want it for my entire family. I want it for my friends that are connected to me. For people who don't even like me. I want it for them too. But when we can, when we want others to have what we have, the world would be such a better place. And Jesus is the answer. He is the answer. I know that there may be somebody here today that don't know Christ, that may not have accepted him as your Lord and Savior. Today is a great day to give your life to him. In spite of the difficulty, in spite of everything that's going on, he holds the keys. <laughs> he has your life in his hand. There's a scripture that I spoke about one time that my name was written in the palm of his hand. So every time... You know, when you go to the grocery store, sometimes I write on my hand to remember stuff. But 
when I think about my name being written in God's hand, so every time he looks at his hand, he sees my name. He loves you just that much. He loves you just that much. So if you're here today and you have not given your life to Jesus, today is a great day to do so. Today is a great day. If you've fallen away from Christ, you walked away, he's ready to take you back. He didn't leave you. You might have left him, but he never left you. Lord God, you are so amazing. And we know that there is nothing too hard for you. Lord God, we thank you for real life. We thank you for the man and woman of God that you have placed here for us to watch over us, to pray for us, to cover us. Lord God, we pray that you would continue to cover them and keep them as well. Lord God, we pray the blessings that you have for them, that you will continue to grow them in ministry. Thank you for allowing them to be our treasure. Thank you so much, God, for placing us in a place where your love is demonstrated to us. And then we learn how to demonstrate your love to others. Lord God, thank you so much for a place like real life. Thank you so much, God, for your word being brought to life in this place. For Lord, we now know that as your word goes forth, that you are not only feeding us, but you are maturing us through your word. Thank you for the impact that real life has had on this church and this community and the lives of your people everywhere. Thank you so much, Lord, for you being so good to us. Lord God, I thank you for the 20 years you have given them. And I pray, Lord, that you give them many, many more so that they can impact many, many, many more people. Lord, you are amazing. And the plan that you have set for us, it's a wonderful plan. So, Lord, for those who don't know you in the pardon of their sins, Lord God, we pray that they accept you before it's too late. For, Lord, when we stand before your presence, we want to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. We don't want to say, turn away from you because we didn't, you didn't know us. But we want to have a true relationship with you, God. You are our father. You are our father. You are our refuge. You are our savior. You are our safe place. You are our healing God. Everything we need, we find it in you, God. So, Lord, we love you and we praise you and we lift you up for the awesome God you really are. 
So, Lord God, have your way. Thank you so much for everything that's been done, everything that's been said, and for everything that you will do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.